I just have uh, Matt and Jordan here who are going to give us a little message. Gentlemen, my title today is Help, I Need Somebody. My text is taken from John 14 and verse 26. John 14 and verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Hallelujah. When I was younger, we read from the King James Version. So I've been a Christian about 35 years now, and that was the main version of the Bible that we read. And that version would speak about the Holy Spirit as the Comforter. But more modern versions translate as the helper. So in the, old, in, in the older versions, he would be called the comforter, but nowadays in modern translations, it's called the helper, he, the Holy Spirit. And that word help is a powerful word. So as an aside, I was trying to understand about the word help and I, I stumbled across a term used in Genesis for Eve when the Bible says that she was created and she was out of Adam's rib, a help meet for him. Um, and I won't go into the second word meet, but that first word help in the Hebrew is a word called ezer, E-Z-E-R. And this word appears 21 times in the Bible. And in the Old Testament, this word ezer is most often used to describe God being an ezer a help to human beings. So in some places in the Bible, the root Isa actually means strength. The word is most frequently used to describe how God is an Isa, is a help to man. So here we go in the New Testament, the helper is sent, but right the way from the beginning of time, God has been our helper in every way. Now, throughout this month, we have been celebrating the anniversary of Pentecost. Um, and there's been much talk about an exploration, again, of God's Holy Spirit. And you will hear some things today, perhaps, that have already been said, have already been ministered. But the focus is 
today on the Holy Spirit as our helper. The Amplified Bible uses um, a number of words which I wanted to just express. But the comforter or the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, or bring to your remembrance everything that I have told you. And so it's interesting here, that word comforter, as is said there, but the comforter, think of a little child with a special toy that is often called a comforter. You'd see the child and they've got their teddy bear and they won't go to sleep without it because it's a comfort to them and it makes them feel secure and safe. And think of that picture, the comforter is close to the child, just like the Holy Spirit is close to us. Have any of you seen the cartoon uh, called Peanuts? Um, and remember Charlie Brown, one of the characters there? Well, he had a best friend who was called Linus. And Linus always hugged a blanket over his shoulder and he sucked his thumb. But he never went anywhere without this blanket, carrying it like a comfort to him. And it stayed close to him. And that's a picture of the Holy Spirit today for us. The Amplified Version also says that he's the counsellor. A counsellor is one who advises or guides or helps us to get to a place where we can resolve our difficulties or our issues. The Amplified also says he is the helper. And whereas other versions, as I said, put that as the root word helper, the Amplified puts it in the brackets. The Amplified also says that the Holy Spirit is our intercessor. An intercessor, as we know, is someone who prays, someone who petitions or begs God in favor of another person. So they're coming before God, petitioning him for another person. This is amazing, isn't it? The comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, and then there's this word, the advocate, the Amplified uses. And as a noun, advocate means a person who represents another person's interests, like a lawyer does in court, for instance. And that's a very interesting point that we're going to come back to. So it represents a person who represents another person's interests. The Amplified also says our strengthener, and remember, I said that word there, Isa, Isa, God strengthens. So help means strengthening us as well. It always reminds me that the joy of the Lord, the scripture says, is our strength. If you think of um, an object, for instance, a wooden chair, and that wooden chair is beginning to rot at the seat underneath. 
So another plank of wood would be placed under it and attached to strengthen it. And that's a, a powerful picture that perhaps when we feel weak, the Holy Spirit is strengthening us. Making strong again that which has no strength, providing additional strength for us. The last word the Amplified uses there, the Holy Spirit, our standby. Think of when you are at the airport. Perhaps for some of us it's been rather a long time since we've been to an airport. But you're on standby. You're ready for immediate deployment should the opportunity come. The Holy Spirit is our standby. He's ready immediately for what we need. Immediately. So they're powerful explanations as to what the word helper means. The comforter, the counsellor, the intercessor, the advocate, the one who brings strength to us, the strengthener and the standby. So back to the text, we've established all of those words for one word, helper. And the Holy Spirit, the scripture says, whom the Father will send in my name. So Jesus is speaking and saying the Father sends the, the Holy Spirit in my name. Why was he sent? We know that Jesus had to ascend. He had to leave. He had to fulfill that which was spoken over him. He had to obey God and die for our sins and pay the price. We know that he rose again. But there was the promise of his presence, which is why that song was so powerfully sung for us at the offering, that his presence is promised always being enough. What does it really mean? In human terms, have you heard the phrase, oh, thank you for gracing us with your presence. Somebody's walked into a room, perhaps they've arrived a little late and people have been waiting for a while and they've said, well, thanks for gracing us with your presence. But what's actually happened? The person has appeared. They've come into the room and there's an acknowledgement that their presence is with us. But Jesus has gone, hasn't he? He ascended up to the Father. Yet he leaves himself with us, his presence with us. In bodily form, he is not there like we are right now, present with each other. But yet he allows his presence to enter and fill us. The promise of his presence. The Amplified Version again puts it perfectly here. Whom the Father will send in my name, in my place. He comes in place of Christ. Why? Again, put beautifully, the Holy Spirit, the Amplified says, will represent me and act on my behalf. There is nothing that the Holy Spirit will do that's separate, that's apart from the instructions, from the Word, from the Son, and from the Father, from the will of God. So he simply comes to represent Jesus Christ and to act on Jesus Christ's behalf. It also says that he will remind us, bring into remembrance everything that Jesus has said. 
He'll teach us all things. What things? The things of Christ. So we will know how to live for him. The instructions of Christ. So we will be reminded of everything Christ has taught. And the implication here is that, well, if he's somebody who is acting as a reminder, he has always got to be present with us. He's always got to be around tapping us on our shoulder, reminding us that he is with us. So I'm going to look at um, three aspects here. I'm going to look at this subject that we have as it is about the awakened church, how we are awakened to the presence of God. We're going to look also at how we stay in the presence of God and how we live in the presence of God. So our series has been the awakened church, the church that's come alive again, the church that knows who we are in Christ and the church that knows what we're about. How do we awaken ourselves to Jesus Christ's Holy Spirit within us? How do we recognize that his spirit really is with us? How do we carry a continual awareness of his presence in our lives? How do we allow his presence to make a difference to the way that we're living? We first got to realize, and this is perhaps our awakening again, the privilege we have been given to have the presence of Christ in us. As I said, he can't be here in body, and yet his presence has been placed within us. So it's a privilege in our imperfect bodies, the spirits within us. Now, in the book of Exodus, chapter 33, I often go here. My cell group would tell you how many times I quote this. But Moses realizes the importance of the presence of God in Exodus 33, verse 14. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Verse 15. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. Verse 16. Moses asks the question of the Lord, for how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? How will the rest of the earth know that we're distinct if your presence isn't with us, is what he's asking. He knows that it's pointless and it's a pointless thing to journey or do anything without the presence of God. Nothing else distinguished the nation of Israel from the rest of the world, he said. Why should we go if you're not going with us? How will they know that we are different? How will they know that we're chosen? How will they know ultimately that you are the living God? That's the real question. Is it not the same with us? Without the leading of the Holy Spirit, we're ordinary human beings, just like anybody else in the world. We need him. We need the helper. When we were born again, we were filled with the Holy Spirit. Many of us further received evidence of his infilling, speaking in tongues, and also with many other gifts of the Spirit operating through us. But are we truly walking with an awareness of the fact that he really is the one who comes alongside, the one who helps us? We're going to look at a very, very short video in a few seconds, and it's really short, so you'll have to concentrate very quickly on the video. But think of 
the scenario of sitting in the driver's seat of a car. It's full of fuel, but it's not going anywhere. The Holy Spirit is there, ready to act, but the engine is off. Then, when we're suddenly in trouble, we remember him and turn the key in the ignition so that we can get some action, so that we can have interaction with the Holy Spirit. Why do we wait until there's something wrong? Why are we unaware? Why do we let the engine sit and not be running? And then when we're satisfied, we turn the engine off again and begin living in our own strength, doing our own thing without the Holy Spirit. If you're ready, let's look at this very short video clip. It's a, a, a couple of friends, Isaac and Evelyn, and they are encouraging their son, Runo, to move forward in his little car. Uh, because when I visited him last year, he would sit on the car, but he would only go backwards. And um, he tried to go forward, but his progress has been a little bit slow. Why don't you watch the clip if they're ready now? And, and then we will go further in the story. Cut again. That was very, very short clip, but look, look at what happened here. First, Runo's going forward, but really slowly, and then he's not moving too fast, so he's trying it in his own strength, and mum pulls him back, let's start again, and off he goes. He's got a bit of momentum this time. Um, but he does a quick check. Did you notice him looking back? Is she watching me? Or is she going to let me do my own thing? Is that what he was thinking? Then he throws his toys and he jumps off to get them. He's suddenly totally distracted from what he was supposed to be doing. Let me ask the question. Do we get distracted from living with, from being aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit? Do we get distracted from listening to what he's saying to us? Do we forget to hear because we're looking at something else, looking elsewhere? Some of us will start the day and we'll say, Holy Spirit, be my help today. Be my guide. I want to walk with you. An hour into our day, we're hit with a situation and we forget all about him while we're busy trying to resolve the situation ourselves, trying to react, trying to uh, look about how are we going to get this sorted out. And you see at the end of the clip, mum puts Runo back on track and gives him a guiding hand to reach his goal. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. The guiding hand, always there to guide us, even when we become distracted. It's a beautiful picture. So we need to stay on track and we need not to allow ourselves to be distracted and pulled away from relying on the helper within us, the strengthener within us, the counsellor within us, the advocate within us, the intercessor within us. So let's talk about staying. We go back to Exodus 
chapter 33, verses 10 and 11. Exodus 33, verses 10 and 11. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing in the entrance of the tent, all the people could rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Now, last Monday evening, I was discussing this very passage with my cell. And also the next day, I was taught even further and deeper about this in our staff meeting. And the question really was posed to me on Monday night. Why did Joshua stay in the tent instead of going with Moses? While Moses went back to the camp to give and to download the message that God had told him in the tent... Joshua wanted to stay in the presence of God. Joshua realized it was better than following the messenger, but to sit in the presence, directly hearing from the presence of God himself was better, beautiful. He didn't want to leave. And that's what we should be doing, isn't it? Revelation chapter 4, 11 tells us I quote it so many times because for me it is a revelation that it says that we are created for his pleasure. We're willed into being, another version says, by God. He's created us for himself. And it's such a powerful thing. Why should we go to anyone else when we can go directly to the presence the Israelites, when they saw the cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night, they did what the cloud did. If it stood still, they stood still. And if it moved, they moved. Because there, they could see the presence of God. In other times, in the Old Testament, people would go to a place, to a tent, to a temple, where the presence of God could be found. But for us today, we don't need to. We have the helper always with us. We don't need to go somewhere to find him. He's here within us. So why should we not awaken to the fact that we can be literally walking with the Holy Spirit morning, noon, and night? Before I do anything, and I'm sure it's the same for all of us, before I lead my cell, before I give some pastoral support, I must ask the Holy Spirit for his help. Just before I come onto the platform, I always say under my breath, let's go, let's go. Because I know I can't do this without him. I know that. It has to be his word. It has to be his will. It has to be his power enabling me. So, we're awakened to the fact that we have the Holy Spirit within us. And we want to be like Joshua, to go into times where we're having our intimate moments in the presence and we stay in the presence. And that helps us on a daily basis to be aware that we carry the presence of Christ all day long in our lives. So how do we live there? as we're awakened to the role of the helper. 
Let us be encouraged that he is with us every step of the way if we allow him to be. Another scripture, Hebrews 13, chapter 6. Hebrews 13, chapter 6. I read again from the Amplified Version. It says, So we take comfort and we are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. We can say that every second of the day. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? This shows how the writer felt the protection of the presence of God, felt the protection of the helper. Let me briefly go back to the story of Linus with his um, comforter blanket. If you delve deeper into some of the storylines, you would see where Linus would be teased at school or where he was in a difficult situation. The blanket had power. So it wasn't just something that was close to him, but it was something that would help him, that would rescue him, that would cause people to leave him alone. And this blanket, with its power, was never far from Linus's side. This is the Holy Spirit, never far from our side, with power to rescue us if we're seized with alarm, with power to teach us not to fear or be terrified of anything or anyone. So we must learn to know that we won't be afraid because of the help. The Lord, he's taught us to remember his words of deliverance, his words of rescue, his words of hope. Oftentimes we turn to the Psalms and there we hear the stories of how God has delivered. And this should be an encouragement to us that the Holy Spirit is on standby right now in our lives to help. One more scripture in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. The word says, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So this is another aside about us living in the presence. We can't live our lives and be effective Christians while we're living on empty. That's why it's so important to do what Joshua did, to stay in the presence. To be saturated with the presence of God and take him with us wherever we go. So that we're not doing anything in our strength and we're not doing anything um, that comes to nothing and has no effect in life. As we live in his presence, the outworking of this should be evident. In the ESV notes, it reminds me that the primary purpose of the baptism or saturation of the Holy Spirit is actually to give us the ability to be effective in communicating Christ's message. Remember, the Holy Spirit represents Jesus Christ. And we have the ability to communicate Christ to the world when we walk with him and when we live with him and when we're aware of his presence constantly and we ask him to be our helper in all things. So as I conclude today, and this is my first close, hopefully, um, I would pray this prayer for us, that we would be awakened to our need to be saturated with his presence, that we would linger in our prayer and devotion times, that we would linger and we would get used to 
that visitation of the Lord. We would get used to the presence of the Lord with us. We would get used to the Holy Spirit with us in our times of devotion. We would know how to hear, know how to listen and, and be so aware that he's with us. I would pray that we would recognize our need to rely on him. Help! We need you daily. We don't need somebody else. We need the Holy Spirit daily. I would pray that we truly live with him. We make him an integral part of our lives. So we don't sideline him, sideline him like Runo threw the toys and then he was going to rush off to pick up the toys. We don't sideline him because the Holy Spirit is always speaking, always guiding, always leading, never leaving us. His presence will always be enough. Remember as well the true purpose of the Holy Spirit, the advocate who represents the interests of Jesus Christ. In my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, remember it says in the amplified version of the text, the purpose is for us to bring the message of Jesus Christ to the world, and we can't bring that message without his power, without his help, without his guidance. I turn also to the book of John chapter 15, and I'm just going to read a few verses from there, and then this really is my last scripture. Remain in me, verse 4 says, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The purpose of the presence of the Holy Spirit in us is to represent Christ and to teach us and give us the ability to bear fruit for Christ. Verse 6 says, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to, this is my Father's glory, to his glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And that's an incredible reminder in John 15, that we are part of the, the tree. And that we are the branches of the vine, Jesus Christ. And we need to remain in him. We remain in him because the Holy Spirit is in us. We must recognize and remember we must come to a place where we turn the engine on and keep it running. Every day we need your help, Holy Spirit. Every day we need your thoughts. Every day we need to know the plans that you have that we can walk with you in and work out in our lives.